What drives you? What inspires you? Let's ignite your why. Welcome to the season four finale of Ignite Your Why podcast. It is finally here and it feels like it's been such a long journey, but y'all, we made it. <laughs> if you're new here, I'm your host, Austin T. Gullett, and we're here to have genuine conversations with authentic people to help amplify their voice and figure out what ignites their why. Today's guest was born in Greensboro, North Carolina, but raised in Niger, Africa. In 2011, he moved back to the States and resided in Cincinnati, Ohio. In 2021, he graduated from Dater High School and currently studies sport administration at the University of Cincinnati. And he is also a young life leader at Holmes High School. Let's give a warm welcome to Adam Abdul Aziz. Adam, wow. how are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. I'm like really proud that I just got through that intro without it, messing it up. It sound. I mean, <laughs> I like heard it before on other podcasts, but now it's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, like, I usually mess up the intro at least once. At least once, you know? Today's different. But today I'm feeling good because as y'all know, like this is the first season. We've had 20 episodes. And your boy is <laughs> exhausted. <laughs> it has been a struggle. Um, just literally just mind blown. Because, like, the whole idea of this season was, like, going into the season, I was like, okay, I want to be done before soccer season. Mm. And here we are, 10 games in. <laughs> and we are still recording. But we're done after this one. So let's just hop straight into this, man. Yeah. So what is your story? Um, so I grew up in North Carolina, Greensboro. Um, when I was two years old, basically my parents split. So I moved back with my dad to Africa. And then my mom stayed in the States to do school and pursue education. Um, so I just kind of lived there for a little bit, um, I guess, most of my life. Um, and then came back to the States um, when my mom was done with school and just Stayed in Cincinnati and stuff. So what was it like growing up in Africa? Um, well, it's different than here. Very. Um, over there, my country that I lived in, um, everyone was Muslim. So it was more of, I'd say it's a, a one-way street, if that makes sense. And here in America, it's more of like an intersection. You know, multiple people, multiple, you know. Um, so it was cool. Um, my family, all my family is actually over there. Um so just, to me, it kind of feels more at home just because it was just like, it's like the only official, like, I have like all my cousins, all my aunts, my grandparents. And then over there, it's like, where you lived, you knew everybody, like, mm -hmm. on your street. Because everyone was just, you know, there was no, like, technology as much. So, like, people were just out socializing. So, like, I'd always be playing soccer, like, in the middle of the street <laughs> with, like, all the other na uh, neighborhood kids. So it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was just different i was used to it so i guess then coming here that's when it's like what, what was that like for you just going from africa and like spending what would you say like 10 years yeah, over there yeah. and then coming to the nasty natty um <laughs> what was that like for you well i came here i knew no english <laughs> um that's actually really surprising to me because you're very fluent with it i guess well since i was like young it was like easier to pick it up that makes um, sense so 
I um, it took me like a year to learn English. So it was, now I mean now I speak it better than like both my parents, but <laughs> it was interesting. Um, kids here a lot meaner. <laughs> um, when I first came, it was just different because it was like. It was just like I. It was hard to like I guess fit in because I was so different from other people. Um, it's like you're like the simplest things kind of matter versus like back in Africa it's like not really you know it's like one big thing it's like the shoe brand you wore at school I was like oh like if it wasn't popular then it's like a knockoff <laughs> yeah. you know um, so it was just like just small things like that but, the materialistic things I feel like people emphasize them so much yeah that it's like alright it's like back um, when I was in high school it's like if you weren't wearing Aeropostale <laughs> <laughs> you weren't cool <laughs> it's like that it's like like one day like I wore these boots but they weren't Tim's so they thought I was wearing fake Tim's I was like it's just boots and my parents got them for me like what do you to do kids um, can be ruthless especially just like in that adolescent age of like yeah. growing up in middle school because you came like in middle school yeah age, it was, it's definitely a culture shock I think it's interesting because like when I think back to like when I was in college because I did organizational leadership so right, a lot of yeah. my professors were like not from America mm-hmm. right and they would always say that when they came over to the states the one thing that really like weirded them out was how Americans love small talk. <laughs> She's like, I was walking down the street and someone was just like, hey, how are you doing? And she was just like, starting like normal. <laughs> She's like, I don't understand it. I yeah. never will. Yeah, even like back in Africa, like unless you knew the person, then it's like small talk would be kind of like cool. You know, it's normal. Mm-hmm. But, like, here it's just, like... Everybody. 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 You got those, like, little smiles people give you. And it's just like, oh, how are you doing? I love it when, like, you're just like, how are you doing? And you just keep walking. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Where you're just like, what's up? How are you? And you just keep on going. Like, I really don't care. I'm just acknowledging you. Uh, Yeah. It's... I guess it's kind of crazy, too. It's just, like, how, like, people work just differently, I guess. It's just, like... You're like one day, like, well, like Walmart, like my mom doesn't talk to anybody at Walmart. Even like the, she's just walking, just shopping, doing her own thing. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, but then like sometimes like a customer would like say, not a customer, but another shopper, basically a customer would say like, oh, hey. Mom was like, yeah, good. Keep walking <laughs> at the cart. I'm like, that. It was just, you know. Hey, hey, I am like your mom. I feel like I, my dad is very outgoing. Mm. He can literally talk to anybody. <laughs> where me on the other hand is like where no offense like if i've seen you in public and i didn't say hi it's not because i don't like you yeah it's because yeah. i don't like talking <laughs> no, that's, facts. that's facts i i'm the same thing too like i can talk to anybody but like sometimes i don't want to talk to people no i will walk the other way <laughs> like i will see someone i know and like i'm like okay they didn't see me let's turn around <laughs> and it's really bad like i probably should fix that um <laughs> Because it probably comes off as, like, I'm a dick. Yeah. That's <laughs> not the case. Um, but that's... It's interesting. I I never knew you grew up, like, majority of your childhood in Africa. And just mm-hmm. coming over to the States and going through our education system. Yeah. What was what was the difference? Like, what was the education system like in Africa? And then what was it like coming to America? Um. So, 
over there, it's like you learn more about like every other like country. You know, it's like you learn about the world and stuff like that. Just like how things are, like who did this, when did this happen? Which I guess the same thing in America too. But here it's also different because like I'm taking like other like weird classes I never thought I'd take. Like for some reason, like a language class is like very uncommon in Africa. It's like I didn't take like Spanish class or like English class. It was just like, you're going to do this, the four main subjects, and then you move on. Now here we got the four main subjects and then like other stuff. You know, mm-hmm. like there's no gym class in Africa. There's recess. You run around and then you come back and you go back to school. But here there's like a whole like gym class. Um, there's like a lot more like extra like stuff that you can do, like band, arts, stuff like that, which in Africa, it's like it wasn't like that, you know. Hey, I feel like the one thing I wish the American education system taught, especially in high school, is like real life skills. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like budgeting, yeah, it's and like finance and just different things that would help you in the real world. Because mm. I feel like there's this stigma that if you go through the education system in America, you have to go to college. Yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, what if I don't want to go to college? Yeah, but I feel like I like. I feel like high school education doesn't necessarily prepare you for the real world because they don't teach you how to cook. They don't teach you how (laughs) to budget. They don't teach you, like, necessarily life. Figure out, like, all those things on my own, which is, I guess, not as complicated (laughs) as, like, you know, like, mortgage and stuff like that. Like, I don't know how to do mortgage because, you know, I'm just paying rent. But it's, like, I don't know how to do that. But then they're going to put me in some, like, advanced math class that I probably won't ever use. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't. Think I I feel like I use basic math. Yeah. Every day, like yes, like you basic use math, math and don't realize it when you like measure things and X, Y, yeah. and Z. But I have never used a plus b squared plus yeah. c squared. I yeah. <laughs> like, I've never <laughs> used that in my profession. So like it was just like I don't yeah. get it. But well, I kind of also crazy is like how college work like how yeah. college is viewed in Africa. It's like a necessity. It's like if you don't have a scholarship, it's like you can't go to college because most people wouldn't have the money for college. So it's like when I was like in high school, like my grandparents come like, hey, like, are you going to get a scholarship? Are you going to get a scholarship? I'm like, I don't I'm like a sophomore in high school. I don't really know too much at the time. It's like I can get scholarships, but they're thinking like, oh, like you're going to get a full ride scholarship because you've done this and I'm going to even pay you to go to school or thing like, like that. But here it's like, you can get some scholarships and you can get some scholarships. And then so you just like, got to take out a shit ton of loans. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they don't understand. Like, it's like, you can still go to college even if you like didn't have like scholar, like all yeah. the scholarships paid. So it's like stuff like that. Like Bob Mahomes, where you say like, you're not going to college if you don't have good grades and have a scholarship. I'm like, but like, everyone's in debt with loans. So I'm like, I swear. So I'm like, well, I'm confused. You know, college is so expensive for yeah. no reason, no yeah. reason at all. <laughs> because I literally have, I was just thinking about this the other day is like America makes it seem like you have to go to college to have a good job. Mm-hmm. But then when you get said job, you're so far in debt that like, you'll just never pay it off. <laughs> So it's like you're 18 and you're taking out these loans and you're starting your life with yeah. 
a shit ton of debt. And, like, people are, like, there's those people that say, like, well, you know, like, going into it, like, X, Y, and Z, we're also 18, and we're not taught this in school. Like, so it just, it's really weird to me. I think the education system in the United States is just awkward. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to reach, I want to move on to this next segment here, because I feel like it's the core of this Mm -hmm. whole podcast. Mm -hmm. So what is it that truly inspires you? But more importantly, what is it that ignites your why? Um, There's a very simple answer to that. And that's basically God. (laughs) Um, So I grew up Muslim. Uh, My whole family's Muslim. Um, You know, so and in Africa, too, it's like everyone in that country is also Muslim. So um, growing up in that in Africa and then coming here. How I said, like, Africa's a one-way street. It's because everyone over there is a Muslim. Everyone over there is the same skin color. Everyone's just, like, doing the same thing. Since I came here, you know, it's like a whole intersection. you got multiple people. You're seeing everybody, everything. And, of course, you're seeing, like, all sorts of different religions. And Christianity being, like, one big one that I've seen. So, I guess how that kind of started is... um. I, I did Young Life in high school. Um, I mean, my Young Life leader is actually a funny story I met him, but we won't get into that. Um, I met him and I knew he was a Christian, but because like of how I grew up and how like I was taught that, hey, like Christianity's wrong. I was just like, oh, cool. Just because my parents said it and they learned it from their parents. I said, no, nah, like I know what Young Life is, but I'm not going to be a Christian. You know, well, that obviously that didn't age well because now I'm a Christian. <laughs> Um, so it's just like over the course of four years, it was just sort of like questioning. I started questioning like my faith and stuff like that. Um, and then I guess over the course of like four years, I was like, hmm, maybe I really do want to be a Christian because in Islam, it's like, you have to pray five times a day, do all these things so that you could go into heaven. So therefore you have to change yourself in order to get into heaven. You know, but in Christianity, it's like, that doesn't even matter. I just, just say yes. So it's like, you can come as who you are. You accept it first. And then you're, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's more welcoming. I don't have to change who I am. I don't have to like do all these things or all these traditions, all these things. So just so I can be made right by God. It's like, God already loves you. He just wants you to just say yes to him. You know, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It does make sense. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting because you talk about how growing up you were in one religion, but do you think moving to the States and being away from your family gave you that sense of freedom to really explore like who Adam is as a whole? Definitely. Definitely. Um, Because like I said, how like back there was a one way street. It's like now when I'm having conversations with my uncles, it's like they hate America because I'm a Christian. They're saying that if I never left Africa, I would have never been a Christian, which they're right, because I would have never been exposed to it. But being exposed to something isn't necessarily a bad thing. You can be exposed in good ways just because you can you learn a lot. You know, if you're being exposed, you're being influenced on by all these things and that's going around you. And for me, that was Christianity. Mm -hmm. And so me being a Christian, because I lived in it, I moved to America and I was being exposed to it. They think, oh, like America's bad. It's like, you know that makes sense it's like kind of like 
why is that why is it that just because I got exposed to a different country and different lifestyles, how is that necessarily bad? I mean, we're all humans, we all live on the same planet, mm-hmm. you know, get to know one another, but it's like I have to just be in my own circle and you know, like in Africa, it's like I can't I can't branch out. I just have to stay there. Yeah. And then that's the way to live. But everyone around you is doing it wrong because they're not you. And so they view it like as that. You bring up a very valid point, right? Because <laughs> when you're talking about like being exposed to different things, mm-hmm. I also feel like you have a choice. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And I tell people that all the time. Uh, I tell the, the kids I work with all the time. It's like, yeah. you have a choice, mm-hmm. right? No one makes you do certain things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you can be exposed to so many different things, mm-hmm. but you have a choice of what you will do, what you follow, who you follow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I tell, like, especially, like, growing up in Covington, like, I know, like, Cincinnati is, like, I guess similar. I can't speak to Cincinnatians, so <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> um, but, like, growing up in Covington, like, I was exposed to so many different things right. in life, right? Yeah. I've had friends, like, end up in jail mm-hmm. for being a murderer i have friends who've been murdered i have friends who sell drugs and just different things and like being exposed to that kind of life like i feel like you always have a choice you can always hang around the right people you can hang around the wrong people Mm -hmm. but you make that choice yeah i i tell those boys my soccer boys all the time it's like you have a choice and where you're from doesn't define who you are Mm -hmm. and i think you've Mm -hmm. really honed in on that experience of really soul searching and finding out like what does adam like what does adam want to do Mm -hmm. and not have those outside influences kind of push you to be a certain way i feel Mm -hmm. like it was kind of just like okay this is where i'm going this is what i want to do and i'm happy for you yeah thank you like (laughs) My senior year of high school, I kind of had that like mindset. I was like, I just let me, I want to know what I want to do. Because while I was a Muslim the whole time, all the years I was a Muslim, it was like, it was never my faith. You know, it was like, it was culture and religion that bled in, Mm -hmm. in Africa that I believe that's kind of, you know, what happened. So it's like, because how they did their, like how to, like how did they like practice their faiths? It was more culture because they just did it because people are doing it. So I feel like culture and religion are like two very important things, but like your culture shouldn't be defining your religion and your culture should not be defining your faith. Cause it's like, God wants you. He doesn't want what you, if you, you know, like what you do mm-hmm. as like with your family, which are like are important things, but if you're doing this because it's your culture and not for God, then you're not necessarily doing it for God. You're doing it for yourself because it's your culture. You're not doing it for God. And so how know like knowing that my family was Muslims for, throughout that whole time, I realized that I was only a Muslim because my parents are Muslim and my grandparents are Muslim mm-hmm. and it was their faith and culture imprinted on me. And so coming here, it's like, I have an option. What do I want to do? I realized that it wasn't, I didn't want to be a Muslim anymore. And what's also crazy is like Muslims pray in Arabic and my family are from Africa. They don't speak Arabic. My mom don't, don't speak Arabic. I don't speak Arabic. It's like, I'm praying five times a day in a language that I don't even speak. And why is that? You know, like, why am I doing that to myself? Praying five times in a language that I don't speak. I know my mom doesn't speak Arabic because I lived with her. She, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's like, Stuff like that, too, which I guess, like, my mom just fell into the trap also because, like, 
she's only Muslim because her parents were Muslim and then so on and so on and so on. So it's like a little, it's just a constant like loop. I mean, I definitely get it. It's crazy to see how like family traditions and kind of things influence like who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. So I do have like one question for you is when you came to that decision of like, okay, like this is my journey, Mm -hmm. my faith, and this is what I want. Was that like, I wouldn't say easy, but like, how was it like, how did you process all that? Like, was it easy? Was it hard? Like, what was that process like for you? So when, when the, before that process started, um, I had read uh, one of the gospels, Matthew, and I related it so much. I was like, I, I want this, <laughs> you know, this is what I want. Um, and so it talked about how, um, it, like there was this one verse, which I kind of forgot, but it said, if you love your mother more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. And so in that sense, I was like, I have to tell my parents that I'm a Christian. You know, I can like they called me like, hey, like, are you praying? And I'm saying like, yeah, which I'm like, I don't want to keep lying to, to you know, at the mm-hmm. I just want to be like, nah, I don't need to be honest. So when I told them that I was Christian for three hours, only four words came out of my mouth and it was a whole conversation. But I said four words and I was I am a Christian. And for like three hours, it was just my mom just saying like, oh, like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I becoming this? Like, this is wrong. Because for her, it was a culture shock because like. For her, none of her friends, no one that she knew that was a Muslim had ever had their son, like, be like, I don't want to be a Muslim anymore. I want to be a Christian. So for her, she was just freaking out, which I used to blame her a lot. But now, like, I, I understand because that's what she was raised. She just, she didn't know how to react. And then she just followed her religion about me becoming a Christian. So it was hard because it was like, for the first time, I lived with like my family my whole life. And for the first time, it felt like I was very far from my family. Um, like I had to do a lot of things on my own, you know, I had to just kind of figure myself out and which was good because for the first time, it's like, I'm at the head of like my life, you know, of course, I, I'm following God in that aspect of it, but like no one was telling me like how to live my life mm-hmm. other than what I read in the Bible. Um, and so it was, it was like, it was free, but also just, I guess, very hard. Cause it was like, I was in, I, turned 18 and instantly it was like I was on my own and had to do everything like I was just not exactly how I looked forward to turning 18 but I can definitely um, see the emotional roller coaster that like you go on mm-hmm. right especially when you want the acceptance from your family mm-hmm. but then of course like religion is always a tricky yeah. conversation to have with people mm-hmm. so I can definitely see that like pull and tug mm-hmm. But, like, just knowing you and getting to know you over the last, like, two months, (laughs) I feel like you've surrounded yourself with a good core group of people. Yeah. Right? And I think that's, like, the most important thing. Mm -hmm. I had this conversation with uh, Gerardo on one of my conversations where it's, like, I can go to my friends for certain things, but then there's some things where I need to go to my family. Right. And it's, like, having that balance Mm -hmm. uh, because it's sometimes, like, friends – like don't know how to react to certain things. Like I can tell you like after soccer games, like if I'm upset, like I'm going to go to my parents. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, like I can tell you, like, I'm not going to say which game, but there was a game where like, I was just so overwhelmed that like I called my parents. And once I heard my dad's voice, I was just like, 
in tears <laughs> because it was just like those are the things it's like my parents understand me they yeah. know i'm hard on myself and mm-hmm. that's the thing it's like my dad just kind of like talked me out of it yeah which is kind of weird because <laughs> me and my dad never really had that dynamic growing mm-hmm. up but now that like i'm an adult it's like i can confide in my dad which yeah. is yeah. kind of like weird sometimes for me but <laughs> it's been a blessing that's for sure uh, but I do kind of want to ask and touch on this a little bit because you talked about going through young life, mm-hmm. right? I feel like sometimes young life gets a reputation where it's either like a good good reputation or a bad reputation, yeah. depending on yeah. who you talk to. <laughs> uh, but what made you decide to uh, continue with young life and become a young life leader? Um, so my young life leader, his name is Eric Michael, and like he absolutely changed my life. Like... When you were first talking about religion and stuff like that, I was like, I'm a Muslim. I don't believe in what you believe in. I don't want to be a Christian, but I'm still going to be here because it's fun. (laughs) Um, And he loved me regardless of what I told him. Um, And so in a sense, it's like that changed my life. He was just, he didn't, he wasn't afraid of me. Like not afraid, but like he, I wasn't afraid of him. I wasn't afraid to be honest with him, even though I knew that we had like a religious barrier, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and so it's like, I want to be able to be that person for someone else. I want to be able to love another person, like buy food, just invest in you, just so that I might change your life in the best way that I know how, and that's through God and just through loving you. And I guess like the love that I received from my leader was far greater than like any love I would say I received from my parents, because it was like, it wasn't controlling. It wasn't like getting something out of it. It was just loving you for who you are and mm-hmm. so i like i was like i need to be a leader because i want to be able to change someone's life like how my leader changed my life so i guess that's kind of <laughs> it reminds me of like mentorship mm-hmm. right having that person who hears you out understands yeah. you and accepts you for who you are truly mm-hmm. goes a long way yeah. yeah and it's crazy how you talk about that because like as you're speaking i'm like there's one person who did that for me. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Tom Hackard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, like I definitely get it. And I think that's why I became like a mentor myself. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's also how like I've changed my my coaching style and how yeah. I approach the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a typical, I would say, coach. <laughs> uh, I don't like to yell. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to be like negative a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I always try to, if I do say something negative, I always try to like find the positive mm-hmm. out of that negative. Yeah. Um, so it's really just using my experiences and like my, I guess, childhood trauma of like mm-hmm. my sports career of <laughs> always being yelled at by my coaches and yeah. trying to change the script. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate like what you're doing. I think yeah. you're definitely making an impact on the students at homes. I can see the bonds you're forming with some of the, some of the kids there. So it's <laughs> definitely a blessing and I think it's amazing that they have a positive influence yeah. to kind of guide them through life. Yeah. So and I what's crazy is that like like sometimes kids would be afraid to open up to their parents first because they're afraid of like, oh mm-hmm. like my mom's gonna be upset. Yeah. Like <laughs> uh you know And the like, funny thing is is like as you get as I got older, at least, is, like, that changed for me, you know? Like, (laughs) I would always go to my friends in high school and X, Y, and Z, but here I am, 26, and, like, 
I will literally call my parents about anything. <laughs> like, um, I'm super annoyed because of X, yeah. Y, and Z. Yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy how, like, the dynamic, especially as a teenager, mm-hmm. where you're like, eh, like, I don't want them to be mad at me. Like, I don't want them to, like, yeah. yell at me because I, like, did yeah. this or that, X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z. So I definitely understand <laughs> being that outlet for them is definitely mm-hmm. A blessing because yeah. there's some things that these boys tell me and I'm just like, like whoa. <laughs> I was like, I never did You're that like, when I was a teenager, that's, but <laughs> that's different. <laughs> it's definitely interesting. Uh, yeah. So I kind of want to go into my next segment here. It mm-hmm. is my favorite segment of my entire podcast, which a lot of people probably are like, the whole purpose of this podcast is to figure out like people's passions, their yeah. why. Uh, but I'm a huge mental health advocate, um, have been for a while now. I'm very transparent with mm-hmm. my emotions and how I feel. And if I'm having a bad day, I will let you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So my question for you is over the last two, two and a half years, like this world has just been so crazy. Yeah. Uh, so how have you been taking care of yourself mentally? Um, wow. Um, it's, it's going Okay. Um, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> um, so like I, I was like a happy kid, I guess, high school, you know, I didn't really have enemies. I was just goofing off and like doing all these things, you know, it was just like, this is a normal kid. I didn't have any problems with my life. And then all of a sudden it's like me leaving, uh, my family's religion and me becoming a Christian it was like from there, it's like, like the past year, it's like, I, I've been going through like the, the everything I've been going through everything of life. And it's like, it's like after like being disowned by my family, because I choose to be a Christian. That was, that was, I guess, like the hardest one of my life. Cause it was like, okay, like this has like how you said, like sometimes like there's that balance of going your friends and then going to your family. It's like, I didn't have that going to my family anymore. So it was like hard. Cause there's some things I want to share. But if I went to my friends, they don't understand mm-hmm. and they don't know how to best love me. So it's like, I don't just keeping things inside and stuff like that. Um, and it's, and it'd be weird for me to go out to like a friend and just vent. Cause it's like, I don't know how they're going to react. I don't really know, you know? Um, so it's, it's very hard to be like, to put them in like the shoes of like my mom. Cause it's like, you, can't be that Mm -hmm. and so that's like one big just mentally i was just like i i need help um and then just over the course of like the rest of this year it's like i've been going through ups and downs with like my family because it was like that's one big thing that i i treasured but then i lost and so that's one thing that it's just very hard to just kind of like maneuver i guess because it's like now like i live with some of my roommates and then like sometimes it's like they're talking about their moms and dads it's like dang like, I kind of missed that relationship with, like, my mom. And so it's, like, I always were, like, a, I guess, a second face. It's, like, when I'm going out with my friends, I'm always happy, you know, just, like, messing around, making jokes, just doing Adam stuff. And then when I come home, it's just, like, oh, like, this is my life right now. It's, like, yeah. I'm just a 18-year-old kid just figuring out how to do school and, like, working full-time job. I'll become a full-time student. And also wanting, wanting to lead young life is just, like, too much. It was just, like, like I don't know. I was just, like, I didn't like it, you know. It, it, it sucked. Like, it sucked. Um, and then, 
I'd always like journal, which I guess helped a lot because it was like, which not like a diary, <laughs> but like I was like, I'm going to journal and talk to God about it because mm-hmm. like, why not? You know? Um, and so it's like, I always just journal, just constantly journal, journal, and just like write what I'm thinking and I just pray over about it. And then it'd be like that, like every day and every night. I just like a devotional kind yeah, of thing. It's like, I need a vent. I'm going to go write about it and see what I can get from it. I tell people all the time, like, writing is a way of expressing yourself. Yeah. And like, I, that's how I expressed myself as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I would literally write poems when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, like, my way of just, like, expressing how I feel and just... Because, mm-hmm. like, I was the same way, yeah. right? It's kind of like you're deflecting your true emotions because mm-hmm. you don't know how to truly address them. Yeah. So you keep yourself busy by doing all of these things, mm-hmm. right? Whether mm-hmm. that's hanging out with friends or being with young life or being yeah. at school or being at work. So you never really allow yourself to digest and process what you're yeah. actually going through. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you this, your friends will listen, mm-hmm. right? Regardless if they understand or not, yeah. they'll listen, Mm-hmm. Right. It, I understand the aspect of like you want that motherly love from your mom. Yeah. But you can't necessarily get that from your friends. Mm-hmm. But your friends do love you in a different way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like you have to lean on those people that are there. Mm-hmm. And even if it is saying like, hey, like, I don't really need you to say anything. Mm-hmm. I just need you to listen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And those are the things It's really honing in on who you are and your emotions and Mm -hmm. really letting yourself digest. Yeah. Uh, The one thing my therapist has always told me that has helped me is you have control, Mm -hmm. right? You have the control to feel and you have the control to agree with how you're feeling. Right. So even if you want to talk about it for, so like I'm doing like stuff with my hands and you guys can't see me right now, (laughs) but like, do you know that like, little spiky ball where if like you pull out it expands and then yes. it comes back down mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so think of those as like your emotions yeah right you have the control to open it up mm-hmm. and speak on it but whenever you're done you can close it right back mm. right yeah. so even if it's just for like a slither of a moment yeah. where you're just like hey i need to talk about this and then if you're done just be like hey i don't want to talk about it anymore yeah no one can get mad it's your feelings, your emotions, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You control those. Yeah. And the one thing is you can't control how other people are going to react, how they're going to feel. So you just got to really vet out, like, who do you trust? Who yeah. can you open up to no. yes. in those kind of situations? Mm-hmm. But never feel like you're alone to where no one wants to listen. Mm-hmm. Because there are friends who are willing to listen. Yeah. And even if they don't know what to say in the moment, they'll still be there to listen. Yeah. Uh, like I struggled with, with that like very hard because it was like had all these things I want to talk about with people but then it's like also like it was hard to find that person to go to mm-hmm. so it's like this isn't like something I can just go and tell everybody like oh hey like this and that and that because like one hard thing was like when I was telling like my friends were like how like basically like my faith like how like I had to I was like how I am where I am I am at now it was hard because like, they'd be like, oh, like, I'm sorry, but, like, I'm very encouraged by your faith. Like, I'm very proud of you. But it's like, if I tell you that, hey, like, I got disowned by my family and I don't know, like, what to do, the last thing I want to hear is, like, I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I don't know. 
Um, but I got this one friend that I'm very thankful for. Um, and so like, I was able to go to her and then like, she would literally just not say a word. And to me, that was more than just like, like, Oh, like I'll be praying for you. Cause it's like, you just listen. And that's just literally all I just want is someone to just be there and listen for me. Um, and through that, it's like, I've like got like a very close knit circle, like three people that I tell everything to on the spot. Um, and I'm thankful for them. And it's like, I guess like now, I guess since things have already happened, I'm trying to form like my little inner circle, like my inner group of people that I trust. And I, I like, these guys are like mm-hmm. my go-tos <laughs> if anything's happening. I, I get it. I totally <laughs> do. And the thing is, it's like, it's your story, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You don't have to share every piece of your story, but when you're ready and comfortable to tell that part of your story, mm-hmm. you can do that. Yeah. And I think we always like lose sight uh, because sometimes like we do want to talk and we don't need a response. And I feel like a lot of people just deflect to like, oh, like, I'm sorry, because they don't know what to say. Yes. And they try to find something to say when in reality, like like, you don't have to say anything. The best thing is just to (laughs) just listen. Just listen. No. Uh, Yeah. No, I that's one thing I struggled with because it was like I was putting people at the standard of like my family, but which they're not. So that's like, that was for me a very hard concept to learn. Cause I was like, you gotta, I have to know that these people are not that person. Um, so it's like, but they can become yeah, that. They can become that. You person. know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's a process. It's a process. Yeah. And you have to like break down those layers, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. when there is that trauma of like yeah. that loss and like, you know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes you put a wall up. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also like not everyone's the same. Yeah. So it's like at first I'd want to be like, oh, like, dang, this person is that person. And I get upset and hurt. But it's like over time, it's like I'm trying to like figure like, oh, like I like I love this person, but. Like, this is, we're, we're, like, we're friends, you know? Like, I can't be putting this pressure on you because, first mm-hmm. of all, I don't want to. And, first of all, it's like, I just can't do that to you. And for my well-being and my mental health, you know, I have to go to someone I truly trust. That I know that that I know will love me best when I need to be loved, you know? Hey, I feel it. <laughs> I feel like I just had a whole therapy session. <laughs> no, I literally, like, I give advice to people. And, like, sometimes I'm like, Austin, like, if you could just take your own advice, your <laughs> life would be so much easier. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's a struggle sometimes. But mm-hmm. I think, I think being transparent and honest and communicating yeah. with people mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. Uh, I tell my coworkers all the time, like, hey, I need time. Like, yeah. give me space. Mm-hmm. One thing I don't like about myself is, like, everyone knows when something's wrong with me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like that, too. (laughs) So it's, like, I don't want to talk about it, but people are going to ask me because, like, they're, like, you're really quiet today. And I'm, like... I relate to that so much. (laughs) I'm just, like, leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) I relate to that, too. too But I also don't want to be fake about it. Yeah. Where it's, like, I don't want to be fake and act like I'm okay. Yeah. But it's also just like, give me space. Yeah. One of my friends is like, every time I'm like, we're like going to get food, I'm like not speaking. I'm just like straight. She's like, what's wrong? And I was like, how do you know something was wrong? I haven't said a word. People do it all the time. They're like, what's going on? Are you okay? And I'm just like, leave me alone. (laughs) No, but I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your day uh, to just be open, be vulnerable and just share a part of you. 
It's been a pleasure, my guy. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone wants to continue having a conversation with you about anything that we've talked about today, uh, what would be the best way for them to get a hold of you? Um, I guess social media on Instagram, um, like, I, like La Triple A. <laughs> what is it? L-E dot triple dot A. It's there you French because, you know, French speaking. You person. heard it here first, y'all. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> if you guys happen to reach out to Adam, please make sure you notate on how you found him so that way he's not super confused. <laughs> Again, Adam, thank you for taking the time just to be authentic and real. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's going to inspire at least one person. And yeah. if we did that, we did our job. Yeah. I want to thank you all for listening in. You guys have been amazing this entire season with all the support. Make sure you guys give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Ignite Your Why. Ignite is with a why not an i (laughs) but again i appreciate all of your support again thank you for listening in and always remember find your purpose and ignite your why peace